babes. Guess what? We have a new segment on the block. It is Wednesday, and that means that we are launching the newest segment of the Bebe of Podcasts called Women to Watch, where I sit down and chat with some of the most badass babes in their industry, babes that are blazing some trails, also some babes that are really just getting some shit done and following their dreams and jumping into their passion projects. So I'm so excited that you guys are here to listen on an additional episode this week. And uh, stay tuned and make sure to follow them on social media when you're done um, and give them all the support that they deserve. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for you guys to see who's up next. Good day, great day, babes. It is Wednesday. And um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I literally am like, oh, I saw this article the other day and it was dated in 2021. So this is one of those. <laughs> Okay, if you're stumbled in, you're like, what the fuck is happening? I'm Jess, your host of this baby of podcast, and it's Women to Watch Wednesday. So thanks to Forbes. Let's get the ball rolling. But first, here's an ad. Then we're going to talk about Power Rising. These are the women to watch in 2022. And this article was done by Maggie McGrath of Forbes in December 7th, 2021 where it says she writes about women who run countries, companies, and currencies, and I'm here for it. So let's freaking go. All right, babes, we are back, and I want to apologize if there is a little bit delay in getting this episode out because yesterday I recorded everything. It was to perfection, and then my internet went out in the middle of it, so it literally recorded but never processed properly. So hi, we're back. It's me. I'm Jess. It's Women to Watch Wednesday. Let's get into it. Um, pull up a seat, get your cozy clothes on. Let's dive in. I already said that, but you know, two times never hurt anyone. All right. So I found this great article and you know, I like to be late to the party casually full of confetti, maybe wearing something sparkly and vintage, not synonymous, those things. Um, but both. (laughs) All right. So last year, Every year, actually, Forbes puts out the world's 100 most powerful women. And then there's also women that are mentioned additionally. And so these are those women. Not that they are not equally as powerful and great and as amazing. Um, It's just that at the time of the article arises, sometimes you just kick ass later in the half of the year. And that's why I'm bringing it home to me, you guys. I'm bringing it home to y'all. So... Um, this is on Forbes.com, and the article is by Maggie McGrath um, on Forbes staff, December 7th, 2021. And no, you are not in the wrong time of your life. Um, it's October 26, 2022, and I am just now talking about these women. Um, so I'm learning a lot today, and I want to say ahead of time, I apologize if my pronunciation is trash. I will do my best. And if I don't think I said it properly, I'll probably spell the last name after because that's a moment of habit for me to try and do better next time. Um, so here we go. Are you ready? Let's do it. Every year, the process of compiling the list of the 100 most powerful women starts with an account, starts with an, an accounting of what's happened throughout the year, who's been elected, appointed, or promoted to a position of power, which founders have taken companies public to great wealth, great acclaim, or all of the above, and which women have made the greatest strides in using their voice, their resources, or their public platform in creating lasting and meaningful change around the world. 
Often these answers to these questions provide a clear path to determining the newcomers for the list, but sometimes the appointments or elections are too new or wielding of power too unproven to land a person on our top 100 list. Thanks for the explanation, Forbes. You did it better than I could. <laughs> As we know every year, just missing out on a ranking of our power list does not mean a woman is not powerful. That's fucking right. Yeah, there are so many women who power whose power is rising. And for an elite few, rising at a rate that could earn them a spot on the list as soon as next year. <clears throat> Probably to be coming out shortly. Uh, to that end, these are the women to watch via Forbes for 2022. So if you know of them, awesome. I'm just going to give you a little bit more info. They may not have known. Because here we go. Mia Motley. The first female prime minister for Barbados, Molly has had an eventful autumn 2021, probably as well as 2022. In November, she made a strong impression on the world stage, admonishing the leaders gathered at the COP26UN climate conference. Quote, when will we as world leaders address the pressing issues that are that are cause our people to worry? be it climate or vaccines, when will leaders lead, end quote. Four weeks later, she led her island out of the British monarchy and into its new life as a republic, installing Sandra Mason, a woman who is also someone to watch for next year, side note, stay tuned, as its first local head of state. Quote, we will believe that the time has come for us to claim our full destiny. It is a woman of the soil to whom this honor has been given, Motley said. Next up is Najla Bowden-Rodheim, R-O-M-D-H-A-N-E. Um, a geology professor by trade. She took office as Tunisia's, T-U-N-I-S-I-A's. Sorry, it's not something that's, I normally say. Tunisia's. Yeah. Um, first ever female prime minister in October. Although she has some political experience, she was named Tunisia's director general in charge of quality at the Ministry of Higher Education in 2011. Political observers are questioning how much authority she truly wields. She was appointed to her position by a president who came into power by suspending parliament and seizing control for himself. Next up, Lynn Martin. On Monday, a.k.a. before December 7th, 2021, um, the New York Stock Exchange announced that the president, Stacey Cunningham, will hand her leadership baton to Lynn Martin, the current head of Intercontinental Exchange's Fixed Income and Data Services segment, a division that employs 2,500 people and generated $1.4 billion in revenue for the first nine months of 2021. Bravo, babe. Martin's appointment becomes official in January of 22, and if predecessor Cunningham's consistent rankings on the power list are any indication, Martin's own appearance should soon follow. Could soon follow, sorry. Uh, next, Angela Williams. Not my friend Angela Williams from home. Equally as awesome. But she, um, this 50 over 50 impact honoree as, has an impressive resume. Williams received her JD and master's in divinity and early in her career worked simultaneously as a lawyer and ordained minister. In 2018, she became the first black female president and CEO of Easter Seals, the country's largest nonprofit devoted disability advocacy. 
And now she has an even bigger job. In September of 21, Williams was named the president and CEO of United Way, the world's largest privately funded nonprofit. She will be its first female and first African-American CEO and will lead mission and critical work, helping some 20, sorry, some 48 million people protect their health and economic security. So over the course of 2021, a number of female CEO founders had high profile and lucrative initial public offerings or capital raises. It is for that reason that Canva founder Melanie Perkins, Tala founder Shivani Soroya, Bumble co-founder Whitney Wolf Heard, shout out to an Austin local, and Clear Secure co-founder Karen Seidman Becker are all on the watch list. Each woman runs the company she helps she helped cap conceptualize. Each is disrup- disrupting, sorry, the industry in which she operates, and each one is committed to using her company or wealth to make a difference for others. Quote, if the whole thing was about building wealth, that would be the most uninspiring thing you could possibly imagine, Perkins told Forbes in September. It felt strange when people refer to us as, quote, billionaires, as it has never felt like our money. We've always felt that we're purely custodians of it, she added later. Next up is Kathy Hochul, the 57th governor of New York, as the first woman in history to run the state. Hochul took over in August after Andrew Cuomo resigned amid a bevy of sexual harassment allegations and immediately got to work, implementing a series of universal masking mandates for certain scenarios in New York State and announcing a $539 million homeowner assistance fund for New Yorkers at risk of foreclosure or displacement. But her tenure could be short-lived. She's up for re-election in November of 22 um, and facing a stiff competition from the New York Attorney General Leticia Sorry, Letitia, L-E-T-I-T-I-A, James, and New York City public advocate, Jumaine Williams. Next up, Nimonte Ninquimo, an indigenous Waurani woman activist, Ninquimo, founded the Cebo Alliance to protect the land in her native Ecuador. Her work, which has helped protect some 500,000 acres of Amazonian rainforest and Wairani territory against oil extraction. She received a Goldman Prize and Champion of Earth honor from the UN Environmental Program in December of 2020. In the world of media and entertainment, a new generation of women stand to gain power in a large part because of the ways in which they're already commanding huge audiences. There's a Chinese stand-up comedian called Yang Li who has been crowned her country's, quote, punchline queen for the way she skewers average men in French Alien pop star and Forbes 30 Under 30 Europe honoree Aya Nakamura, who is one of France's most streamed musical stars. Others like Min Young Kim, Netflix vice president of content for Asia Pacific, and more importantly, the person who's responsible for bringing squid games to our screens, are exerting their influence on culture by shaping the future of storytelling. Um, and some, like, quote, I will destroy you, creator Michaela Coel, are shaping the future not only with the content they're creating, but with the directives they're already starting to provide to those who wish to follow in their footsteps. Quote, write the tale that scares you. These are some great closing remarks. Um, write the tale that, square, that scares you, that makes you feel uncertain, that is uncomfortable. 
I dare you, Coel told other writers in her Emmy acceptance speech in September. Quote, in a world where that entices us to browse through the lives of others to help us better determine how we feel about ourselves and to in turn feel the need to be constantly visible for visibility these days seems to somehow equate to success. Do not be afraid to disappear for it from us for a while and see what comes to you in silence. It's all good advice. After all, there's power in stillness and I'll be watching to see what comes of it. Thank you, Maggie McGrath, for this awesome article, and it says some great things about her as well. She's the editor of Forbes Women, the Forbes, the Forbes vertical dedicated to covering all angles of female entrepreneurship, which I've recently subscribed to on Instagram, so here we go. She loves a good Forbes list. She's the editor of 50 Over 50 and the world's most the world's 100 Most Powerful Women, and previously edited the 30 Under 30 Food and Drink list and the Just 100. She's worked at Forbes since 2013, and in that time, she's written on everything from student debt crisis to triple crown contending and winning horses. Before coming to Forbes, she worked with Today Show financial editor, Jean Chatsky. All right, you guys, that's today's episode. Super quick, easy, awesome. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know it was pretty quick and covered a lot of dynamic women in their industries, and so I hope you guys can learn just a little bit from them. Um, before I go, today's confetti corner is the fact that I made pot roast. Not that it was hard. I just shoved it all into a crock pot, but everyone in my house ate it and everyone in my house liked it, which for me is a win-win because sometimes they eat very differently than my in-laws and sometimes my husband puts everything in a tortilla like a pot roast, but here we go. I love that for us. It was comforting. I needed it. Um, and I'm happy to be able to fulfill that to the fam. So and we have leftovers, which are just going to be even better tomorrow. So I hope you guys find something that comforts you this week and um, keep striving for goals and dreams and don't give up because if you're in a job and position like mine, it can definitely get a little squirrely and wonky and you can doubt yourself. And, but you know what? We just have to calm the fuck down sometimes. <laughs> so I hope you guys have an amazing week. I'll be back on Friday with um, step four on how to create your own fairy tale, you know, romanticizing your life and all that good stuff. Um, this Saturday, I'm going to Marin Morris. That is another confetti corner opportunity um, to talk about probably next week. I'm going with Karina. And as you know, she used to be a co-host of this podcast. And so I'm sure she's going to be all up in the stories. It's going to be awesome. So stay tuned. And I can't wait to meet you guys back here next week. I love you. Stay awesome. Continue to work on unfucking yourself. And uh, always remember to... Be baby F. I love you. Talk to you soon.